welcome back to episode 12. So happy to have you here. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Sometimes, and this is like, this sounds fucked, right? This sounds totally ass backwards, right? Ass backwards. I'm like, I'm really thankful for how fucking blessed I am. Um, Significantly blessed, right? And, but at the same time, I've had feelings of like, damn, like, Sometimes I wish I had some like kind of impending doom to light a fire under my ass because there's times where like I think of achieving certain things that I want to achieve and I'm like, okay, what's the consequence of not achieving that thing? And for most of the things, it's just like, oh, I'll be like probably disappointed in myself. That's like probably the majority of the consequence for for some things like some other things have a bit heavier consequence but it's like mm-hmm. but as far as like the my goals and like things i really do want to achieve it's like yeah like that's a lot of the time it's like i'm damn okay if i don't do that i'm gonna be disappointed in myself <clears throat> or i'm gonna feel like oh shit and sometimes that threat of being disappointed in myself is really heavy and it holds a lot of weight and then other times it doesn't at all there's times where i'm like yeah well i already kind of feel like that right now so like what's the big deal like yeah. You know, like, like, so there's, there's been like times where I'm like, damn, like I think of people who have like achieved like crazy things, but come from terrible scenarios and like being in a position where you don't have an option. You're like, this is my route. Like, this is my only route. And like having to basically be forced to give it all into something. Um, and it's like, at the same time, it's obviously like, obviously it, be horrible to be in a horrible scenario and to be in such a scenario that you are so pressed that you have to give all of your fucking life force to this one thing in hopes that it'll work out for you. <clears throat> so it's, you know, that's, it's not like a, it's not like a surefire thing that I'm like, Oh yeah, I wish it was like this instead of, instead of being co- cozy and comfy, which because so many people wish for comfort and being cozy. It's like, yeah, like, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't be like, oh, I wish I had it bad. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but it is kind of interesting to think about that. And then, and then it's interesting if you talk about people who are really rich or just people who are born into wealth, um, significant wealth. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting to consider and think about like, what are they, like, what is the fuel for the fire? If like, like you never have a threat of like losing any of like if you have like very established family wealth, right? It's like if you were just in this position where you're like, no matter what happens, I'm always going to have a place to live and like food there and like everything, everything will always be like my hierarchy of needs is always going to be handled no matter what happens, right? Like versus like people who don't have significant family wealth, right? Like people who have parents that live paycheck to paycheck, in this similar ways, parents who don't have a bunch of money sitting around that like, oh yeah, they're going to be safe no matter what happens. It's like, yeah, some people like, if there was like a kind of catastrophic um, societal event that kind of fucked over a lot of people in terms of their income, like so many people, families, full families included, like would be very quickly in, in trouble if there was like a really significant societal happening that was like, oh shit, like 
for for whatever reason the economy is like so fucked that it's like shut down somehow or something and then nobody yeah. could get anything or do anything right like something like that it's like people with like massive amounts of resources it's like they're probably going to be all right because they've got so much hoarded they've got so much it's like but when you're at a in a position where you're like you're paycheck to paycheck or a couple months away from paycheck to paycheck right you got a little bit of savings or something like that right like that's not gonna last you at all so it's like you're the if something happens the threat of like being in a dire situation is much higher than for people who have significant wealth right mm -hmm. so it's interesting to think about like how that impacts your thinking and like your whatever whatever you use for fuel for your fire of like oh i want to achieve things <clears throat> well it also i think changes the understanding of why if you do have a ridiculous amount of wealth like <clears throat> why it's okay to just, you know, not push for like more wealth um, in the way where like you can just live comfortably and help others, you know? Uh, I think a lot of people who are like born into wealth uh, don't end up doing that because it's like the pressure to also succeed and make their own names for themselves. Like you see all sorts of people who just like famous people, especially where the, the kids of this famous person could literally live their whole lives without worrying about anything. Yeah. Yeah. And they choose to like, I don't know, put themselves in a lot of dramatic situations and like become something themselves, mm. like whether it's a singer or an actor or like do something that's really prominent. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it's because since money doesn't matter, they have to find a way to either be more successful than their parent or like create their own impactful identity. You're right. They don't want to just be, they yeah. don't want to just be so-and-so's kid. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And for them, that's like, that's their life. Yeah. That's, that's their biggest hurdle and hardship in life, yeah. which is just being kind of like in a shadow. Yeah. Exactly. And to a normal person, it's like, well, I don't give a shit if I'm in somebody's shadow, if it means I have endless income to help others with and help my family with mm. and like, you know, not have to worry about that aspect of life would yeah. free me up to do so much more for everyone else around me. And it's, uh, have you seen, um, the fall of the house of Usher? No, it's a, it's a show that came out not too long ago. And Obviously, it's fictional, but it does have like a, a lot of great representations for our society and just the it's this family, the ushers and dude just has an insane amount of wealth. Like he created an opioid and he's got, you know, opioid money and all of his kids like their their first big thing in life is coming up with an idea and presenting it to the dad and he gives them a loan to fund their idea and so it's like a really big deal in the family and so they're all like trying to essentially create their own identity and, and impress their father and right, like right. that's their biggest problem in life and I feel like without all of the 
grinding and hardship and normal people problems to become successful in whatever that term might mean for you, however you define successful. Um, the, the end goal of that can be really rewarding or not really mean much at all. If, if you just, you know, pressed a button and accidentally bought some Bitcoin in 2010 and ended up a millionaire in 2020, um, without thinking about it. Like, I don't know. I think it's, it's a little weird how different people can view societal norms based off of like where they start. And there's an interesting video, um, where they, you know, they line up a bunch of people, um, of all different statures and race and whatever. And it's a race, but before they start the race, they're like, okay, if you never had to worry about food on the table, take one step forward. If you never had to worry about, um, a roof over your head, take one step forward. If you never had to worry about buying your first car, take one step forward. If you never had to worry about your cell phone bill, take one step forward, your electricity bill, take one step forward, your gas bill, take one step forward. And so they go through all this list of things of essentially privilege. Um, and all these people that are like now like 20 feet ahead, are like looking back and there are people that have not taken a single step and they're like, okay, now start the race. And it's like, it's just a representation of like, you know, actual privilege of never having to worry about these things and, and how there are people that start out way behind in a societal sense. Yeah. And, and it's not fair, at least not in our country because we have the means to make sure that's not a thing, you know, that that's not possible and we don't utilize that. Um, no. And obviously like it spreads mostly to minorities too. Um, and I mean, I have a lot of poor white friends who also grew up with a lot of hardship too. So it's not like exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Not an exclusive phenomenon, but something that like kind of, has always made me laugh in a bad way um, is like when people want to argue against the idea that minorities are disproportionately affected by wealth inequality. I'm kind of like, do you remember how minorities were treated in the past by our country and the country where our country stemmed from? And it's like, if you just take one example of slavery even, and it's like, what do you think happened when slavery finally ended? Like, do you think everybody who was a slave was given a bunch of fucking money and land and wealth and like all sorts of stuff? Or yeah, like th- let's bring them to the same starting point that yeah. every single white family in America was essentially had starting for from. centuries now. Yeah. Right? Like... It's like, and not to say that there weren't poor white people in the past. Sure, there were. There was wealth inequality as well. But it's like, I'm like, man, like, what what do you think happened to these entire populations of people that were either enslaved or purposely impoverished via legislated law in the past? And what do you think 
what, what do you think happened, right? Like after that, it's like, okay, cool. We ended some of those things, but what you just imagine like, oh, hey, here's 500 years of these people being free and prosperous. And while that was going on, these people had zero chance to do any of those things because of fucking the current ruling stated that either they weren't actually considered human beings by law. They weren't a full human being, right? It's like half a person was the law or something. Was the, A slave was half a person. And, and whatever they had to say about minorities and all the amount of um, shit that has happened with minorities of other any other races that you, even if they haven't been enslaved, right? It's just like, dude, what? what? You, you think of like years and years, generations of wealth building and, mm-hmm. then, this, and then certain groups of people who have significantly less generations under their belt to build wealth. And not only that, they were coming from a point where they were being stomped into the fucking dirt by colonization, imperialism, all sorts of fucking just shitty shit, right? So it's like, that, it baffles me, man. I'm like, dude, what do you think happened, man? Like, what, like, yeah. how, like if, how, how can you stand here and like, and think for a second that there isn't a disproportionate effect because yeah. it's like, look, look where they came from. They were not, when this ended, it was a war. It wasn't everybody's like, all of a sudden realized, wow, this is fucked up. We should stop. And matter of fact, we should help them get to a similar point where we're at because, because that's fucked up that we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. No, like we had a fucking war, <laughs> like practically about that issue. Some people might debate whether or not it was actually about that. I don't know if the actual war, you know, if you could say adamantly that it was, but there was definitely battles about it. <laughs> yeah. Like there was definitely conflict about it specifically. Probably, it, you know, it just depends on which side you're asking. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm sure, right, of course there's like multiple variables in any type of conflict, right? But it's like, if you want to say that it wasn't a variable, then I I feel like that'd be an incorrect statement to make. So <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a bold, bold, bold statement. Bold statement there, friend. Yeah. friend. Um, so yeah, that is kind of wild, man, and it's it's interesting. Yeah, I, I wish I kind of wish we had somebody who had massive amounts of generational wealth here to share their perspective. Yeah, sadly, this is a one-sided conversation <laughs> with two people who don't have massive amounts of generational wealth. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I know anybody in that category. Um, I mean, I know <clears throat> of people in that category yeah, yeah, yeah. that I could like contact, but not in like a, a personal way where it's yeah. like, I'd be like, Hey, come on to my podcast. Like it would be, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, no, yeah. So, something that makes me laugh in a bad way. Uh, <laughs> not trying to one up you or anything. And it's definitely not a one up. It's probably a one down from there. But, um, I remember like back when a girlfriend that I had in the past I was with and I was like, trying to make music and I was really in a music making slump. I remember I was talking to my friend. I was like, man, sometimes I just wish that my girlfriend would break up with me. So I'd have like some motivation to like make better music. (laughs) It's like kind of like what you were saying earlier, how you like kind of wish bad things would happen to you sometimes (laughs) so that you have like a fire under your ass to like do something. Yeah. What a privilege to even say fucking statement. Yeah. Honestly, <clears throat> just like, and that's the thing, perspective, privilege, mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's, it's like the fact that we can even sit here and have a podcast yeah. with 
decent sound quality <laughs> is a privilege that like not many people can enjoy. And e- even the fact that we can sit in a cozy room yeah. and, you know, we got the heater rolling, have tea, have cats, have whatever hanging we've got, around. We've got cats. Like that is all such a privilege. Like, I don't know. It's just so, it's so trippy and weird to think about sometimes that, that we can even sit here and record our voices like in our free time that, yeah. that we have free time have to free do time. that where we have so little to worry about in yeah. our lives yeah. that we have the free time to just go and record our conversations yeah. like that. We think we're so important <laughs> that people want to listen to us so bad <laughs> I think you're getting a little out of yourself. That we're just going to go out of our way (laughs) to record our conversations Mm -hmm, and and not make money from it. It's just something that we're just doing. Yeah. Obviously, it would be nice to make money from things that we enjoy doing in the future. Yeah. But but it's 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 a perspective, right? It's a perspective based experiment. It's just like totally the fact, like you're saying, the fact that we actually even have time to create this not only the fact that we have time to create this but the fact that there are people that we know who have time to listen to this yeah um, and i think that part is a bit easier because you can be at work listening yeah, to it in something. headphones you know you can yeah. be going about your daily life sure. and if you have access to technology of <clears throat> almost any kind you can probably get this pop it in get yeah. a listen yeah yeah it's it's a little wild to think about. And then I also have to remind myself that it's not about the fact that I have the privilege to do this and to record conversations and whatnot. Um, Cause like, if I'm looking at it in that light, it's like, Oh, like who do I even think I am? Like, why, why am I not out there like doing more for society or doing something for people? Mm. Um, I have to remind myself that, like, no, this is a means that I want to use to help other people. Yeah. Um, whether it's just to give them something to hold on to on a bad day or maybe to help them with their own perspective and to look inwards and have some awareness of who they are and who they want to be, mm-hmm. which is, I think, really important. Who you want to be yeah. is, is such an important, to ask yourself, important <clears throat> question to ask yourself every day. You know, um, so in, in our own little fun way that we enjoy, I hope that we're helping people out there. And I know that we have helped people out there and that's something that keeps me coming back to record my voice and conversations to the masses out there. And I know Alex, you feel very similar and you can't talk right now because you've just got a mouthful of words to say and you just can't get them out. You're just so emotionally <laughs> so choked right now. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I watched a video recently about this community in Siberia where it's, negative 96 degrees Fahrenheit. Is that hot? No, it's cold. <laughs> so cold, right? Uh, um, 
Holy shit, dude. Like, I'm just sitting there. I was like, I don't even know why I'm watching this, right? But, I'm, you know, to learn something, right? To gain some type of perspective. I'm like sitting there watching this video. And these people, like, you know, they're getting interviewed. And it's just, they wake up and it's just all day. All day. There's no free time. You literally, like, the youngest um, kid wakes up and helps his dad um, chop a bunch of frozen ass wood at like five in the morning. And then they have to go and start firing up the bathhouse um, because the bathhouse is like how they get water because in a place like that, you can't have plumbing because yeah. it would just all be frozen yeah. and fucked, right? So <clears throat> they wake up, chop a bunch of wood, go into the bathhouse and start a fire in there, right? And start a, and it's like, has to be a significant fire. It takes a lot of fucking wood, right? So they're getting that going. Once they got enough wood chopped and, and stuff for the, for the entire fucking day, because they need to have that shit running for the entire day. Once they have enough wood to burn all day and keep that bathhouse really, really hot and rolling, um, then it's like, then what they're doing is gathering fuckloads of snow to take into the bathhouse and to place over some heat to get it melting so that yeah. they can do things like laundry and dishes and like all this other shit. And it was like, holy shit, man. Like, it's like, oh man, just... So all this it's just like so many things that everybody in the family was having yeah. to contribute to and it's like there was multiple houses in this town and it's like yeah like you just imagine pretty much every house is doing similar things um, and they just happen to live in an environment where like that type of living is required and they had you know they had food on the table and they had you know all sorts of stuff that was um, somewhat modern looking but there was obviously some amenities that weren't po uh, weren't possible because of the climate. Mm -hmm. um, but it was really interesting, right? It's just like to think about past human life and some current human life still, right? This place being um, not the best example, but a semi-example in comparison to what we experience. And it's like, man, yeah. The fact that we have so much free time even crazy you yeah know, you think about past human experiences and like how much time is actually just spent on either gathering food or gathering wood for fires or trying to create a shelter like all these things in the past that like we had to be doing in order to survive right mm -hmm. and then like you know let's chalk it up to the hierarchy of needs right and then boom now we live in a world where our hierarchy of needs is taken care of and yeah to maintain that hierarchy of needs, it's like what we have to put in six to eight hours a day, four to seven days a week, depending on your preferences and how much money you want to have and yeah. what you're doing and yada, 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 right? But like almost, almost nobody right now unless you're like a single mom which those those exist right like single mom has to work really hard maybe he's working two or three jobs stretch really thin like other than those types of scenarios um or like i said a preference thing if if it's the life that you want to be living then that's a different story but mm -hmm. like not a lot of people that i know are forced to be doing something for maintaining survival all day yeah. Right. It's it's just an increment of our days, and yeah. that increment has gotten smaller over the past what like two hundred years, um, 
even within the societies, right? Like even looking back to like early 1900 or late 1800, et cetera, right? It's like you had a more significant portion of your day was yeah. um, either doing things to like doing things to maintain your survival in some form, whether that was working to earn money or if you're in a position where you're hunting and doing yeah. things like that, right? Living off grid or something like that. So it is like really interesting to consider the amount of free time that we have. Like that's such a wild thing, you know? It's like the fact that I can even fucking myself and a plethora of people that I know can say that, you know, they've had hundreds of like five to 10 hour long gaming sessions in their life. Like yeah. of just, just playing video games for five to 10 hours. Um, or longer. Or longer. And, and you're not getting paid for that. No. You're paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just so wild to yeah. consider, you know? And then I've, I've also seen like the, um, this kind of interesting connection with depression, potentially like people in s or certain cultures, I think uh, um, there was a, a monk, I can't remember his name, um, but he was giving a TED talk and he, it was actually like, he was addressing depression and like, how it was related to having so much time to do nothing. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of talking about how like people who are doing constantly, if you're, if you're constantly needing to do, then it's less likely that you're going to be depressed. And this is not like necessarily applicable to like current day standards where it's like we develop severe depression and then all of a sudden like we get, totally thrown out of whack. We don't have the right food or nutrition or sunlight or et cetera, any of these things. And then we're not exercising and like, and then on top of that, you're not doing very much, right? So it's like yeah. all these different factors and we're still learning more about depression. We just had a major change in our understanding of depression. What, like two years ago or something, we, we've discovered that um, serotonin was not the necessary necessarily the reason for depression mm -hmm. um, and or lack of serotonin was not yeah. necessarily the reason for depression like um, and that assumption or that understanding which it was our previous understanding I don't want to call it an assumption it was just what we previously thought was um, depression was from a lack of serotonin happening and so then like we developed SSRIs because yep. of that right because of that understanding yeah and then we just two years ago, learned and now we're like oh shit well that understanding has changed that's not necessarily that that is not like a full true statement saying that depression is caused by a lack of serotonin that's not a true statement anymore um our understanding has changed so it's like now they're like okay well we can see that antidepressants um are somewhat effective what is it between 20 and 40 percent of the time not great it's not it's not a great amount of time it's not a great amount of time i thought I thought I remember reading somewhere in the thirty percent, but I, I could be I could be wrong. Um, yeah. But it's like now they're like we don't actually know why. <laughs> like they're like our understanding previously for the past like whatever twenty or thirty years, right? Was that like it was because serotonin? So then these these SSRIs were um, helping to fucking increase serotonin, et cetera. And then like that was how we understood that that was helping. Mm -hmm. And now because our understanding of the actual thing has changed, we actually don't know why this medication that we developed is helping anymore because yeah. it's not the problem that we thought it was. Like, so it's really interesting that we're like, we're still developing a greater understanding of yeah. it. Um, and I do think the 
the perspectives from different cultures on depression are really interesting and potentially valuable. Yeah. And um, something I really kind of like um, that was recently kind of kind of recently had this discussion. Um, I think in a few different places actually, in a couple of different ways, and it was. I guess the discussion that I'm just talking about was born out of a somewhat pessimistic take on current modern societal and or cultural things, specifically within the Western world where you and I are. And for me, I, I've recently just personally reflected on certain things that I think are funny, right? Like, and I think we kind of talked about like, the meditation thing in the past yeah. on a past episode where we talked about like, Oh, the Western world thought meditation was like a bunch of woo woo for, for a long time, just yeah. like a bunch of nonsense. And then like, we finally, finally we were able to develop the tools to observe the things that were actually happening when somebody does meditate and when somebody's very practiced in meditation and meditates for very long periods of time. And we're able to see at increments of time, like the impact of meditating for increment, different increments of time and all this stuff, right? And then like we, can, we were like, oh, wow, we've discovered meditation actually has an impact, right? And it's like other cultures are like, yeah, we, we've, we've been saying that for thousands of years. Um, so that, that, that's like the, some of the types of things that makes me laugh at the Western philosophy because it's very much grounded in what we can observe and confirm. And there, there's conflict with that because we also know and accept and understand that our perception and our ability to observe is limited as fuck. That's why we have needed to craft and develop and invent so many different tools in order to read and observe what's going on, right? Like we have tools for everything, right? Like we have tools for measuring earthquakes and measuring the wind and measuring all sorts of things so that we can better observe and better understand what's happening around us. Yeah. Like our, our, our baseline perception is just so limited or at least from the Western viewpoint yeah. that is. And then it's like other cultures have had certain understandings of certain things for a long time. Right. So this kind of, I guess somewhat pessimistic take on Western philosophy um, is kind of where it led me to this discussion of like people being like, yeah, I think like moving forward, what we would need is a merriment of, of the things and, and not to have a world where um, somebody like myself who's feeling pessimistic t towards Western philosophy wants to kind of shun certain things in Western philosophy. And, uh, but m more to have like a, okay, like if we're going to move forward, there's probably a lot of, a lot of value to actually derive from um, both both ends mm -hmm. um the problem it seems is that western philosophy doesn't value eastern philosophy like and i don't know if i want to categorize it or say it as philosophy but i like the the foundation yeah of western thinking doesn't seem to place a lot of value in the foundations of eastern thought and um certain eastern practices um certain Eastern understandings. So it's, it's kind of, kind of a weird, I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing when you're like, okay, we got to try to like take from both, but then one doesn't honor the other. And it's like, that gets a little bit funky, you know? Yeah, it does. It's also interesting too, because I feel like you see a lot of wealthy people 
who do value these other ways of thinking or they, and it's not even that, you know, the vast majority of wealthy people out there are, you know, getting super into Eastern philosophy and Eastern thinking or essentially outside of the U S ideas or ancient ideas of how the body works and stuff like that. It's, it's just that you see a lot of wealthy people like kind of go down one way where it's like they heard about this, they researched it and then they believe in that and that's what works for them. And it's just, it's almost like, it's almost like they can't help, but just get fully involved into that. Um, because they have a different vantage point than most people in the U S and most people in the U S I think like you've said, they need to be able to see something and experience it to feel like it's true. You know, they can't just be like, Oh, well I see this person meditating, but like, yeah, I didn't measure that. I can't experience that and feel that. And I think people just, they need to give things kind of a chance and just, well, why don't you just try it yourself Yeah, and tell me how you feel? Yeah. And obviously there's always going to be placebos and different things like that. But if you stick to something, for a couple months, just trying it out. Yeah. Like you might have a massive change in your life. Dude. It's so funny. Cause as somebody, you know, we've grown up in this Western climate. I feel like I run into conflict within my own mind with, yeah. with certain things where I'm like, I don't even like subscribe to this idea over here, but it still is impacting me. Yeah. Like, because it's like, I can be like, oh, wow, look at this thing over here. This seems really interesting. And actually this thing's been talked about for thousands of years and has a lot of, a lot of anecdotal evidence that just spans throughout history. And I don't know, to have this side of my head that's like, was born of Western world. Yeah. That is like, yeah, but yeah, what is that? It wasn't re- yeah, but is it wasn't that, really proven scientifically. Science? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then it's like and then it, they where it kind of conjoins within me is me being like, well, of course there's no fucking science for any of this stuff that would never never be profitable. Like you can't sell any of right? these ideas, right? Like <laughs> I've been thinking about that for like the last five, ten minutes of how like it all kind of boils down to money. Yeah. And which is again part of the root of Western Yeah world right in western stuff it's which is wild and it's it's so funny man like i you know when i first learned about uh wim hof and just learning about this breathing exercise and then being like okay like it's really interesting um and then and then seeing like they've done tests on this man and literally like very closely observed and monitored him and recorded that everything that he was saying about the breathing exercises was true and that they actually changed like the studies on this guy changed the philosophy around the human body um and a lot of people don't know about it so i try to share the article the the published paper on wim hof yeah um it's uh for anyone who's interested in wim hof and wants to find this paper it's titled Voluntary Activation of the Sympathetic Nervous System and Attenuation of the Innate 
human immune response. It's a mouthful. You might have to rewind to get it all. But that paper is uh, very, very interesting. Um, In the thesis statement, it just states that before these experiments with this guy, we regarded the um, immune system and like um, the autonomous nervous system as just that, autonomous, which is something that you can't voluntarily influence. Both of those systems, the immune system and the autonomous nervous system, or the, yeah, yeah, they both were regarded as autonomous and, and not having voluntary influence other than, right, like supplying yourself with food or vitamins and yeah. stuff like that, right? But just by yourself. Um, and yeah, it's like after the experiments with Wim Hof, they, it's, they were like, okay, well, this proves that through certain things of just breathing, certain breathing exercises, certain exercises of cold exposure and or other even even heat exposure, like ex- extremes on any end, um, and a certain training regimen <clears throat> that you are able to influence those things, right? Like specifically the breathing exercises shown to um, dampen the part of the immune system that is pro-inflammatory. It just fully dampens the response of those they're called cytokines and there's some cytokines that are pro-inflammatory and some that are anti-inflammatory and problems get created when you have a excess production of pro-inflammatory cytokines and this breathing exercise is shown to reduce and dampen that pro-inflammatory response and to subsequently increase the anti-inflammatory response so um, the second part of that title attenuation of the innate human immune response. That is that. It's the attenuating of the immune response so that when your immune response goes off, if you are practicing with this breathing exercise frequently and hopefully staying healthy in other regards, is that your immune system will actually respond more efficiently and more effectively Yeah. so that you're not having as much inflammatory response and not suffering as many poor symptoms whilst your immune system is still fighting. Like So... Really fucking interesting, man. Um, and even that, you know, even even the Wim Hof stuff, like even after reading a scientific paper, I literally watched the videos where he um, was injected with an endotoxin after, after he did 30 minutes of his exercise and showed no symptoms from the endotoxin injection. Mm-hmm. Like even after watching that video, even after reading this fucking scientific peer-reviewed published paper, I still had like this feeling in my head of like, oh, well, that doesn't, like, this still sounds, like, not true, you know? Um, And it wasn't really until I experienced it for myself when I just, like, sat down and decided to do the breathing exercises. And I was like, oh, dang, I am definitely feeling some very different feelings. Like, this is having an impact on me for sure. And then even more so, the first time that I tried these breathing exercises when I was sick and had clogged sinuses, And after two rounds of the breathing exercises, my sinuses just draining, like literally feeling it like like a drip, you know, like just fucking draining out of my face. Crazy, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's really interesting though that, you know, we have this, I need to prove it. I need to like experience it for myself in order for it to be real or true. Um, And I guess that kind of can speak on a lot of why it seems like there's such a disconnect between... Um, people, mm-hmm. for just in general, 
Um, and if, you know, I don't necessarily want to target in or hone on specifically wealthy people, but obviously people who have a massive amount of generational wealth don't experience a lot of things that people who don't do. True. Um, not true in all cases. Obviously, there's going to be some exceptions, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's really interesting to consider, like, mm-hmm. with the reason, you know, some people can be in, in such such positions and such opinions that seem so outlandish or bigoted or, like, ignorant, truly ignorant. And they are truly ignorant, right? It's And we... I think we have like a problem where we we kind of like have demonized ignorance and there are some circumstances where it's understandable that we've demonized it I think um, because it leads to such hate mm-hmm. because ignorance is you know one of the pedestals that is like stood upon to justify a lot of hate and like shitty things in the world so it's kind of interesting um Man, it's like so many people have room and or the ability to look down on or judge or hate or think less of another because they don't even like believe in the experiences that this person yeah. might describe, right? Like, you know, like, like we were talking about homeless people and homelessness the other day and how like somebody, some people out there will look at a homeless person and say, this person must be stupid and this person must have fucked up somewhere. And which is such a crazy position to take because you just have no idea what they went through. And then maybe you could tell that same person who's calling the homeless person stupid. You could tell them, hey, actually that person over there, like, you know, maybe like maybe some shit happened. Maybe they like broke their back and like, got addicted to Oxycontin in the 90s and the doctors gave him way too fucking much Oxy and then took it away from him and didn't provide any resource (coughs) to get off of it without suffering extreme fucking withdrawals, which by the way, can actually kill you. You can die from opioid withdrawal. Um, and, And then they ended up fucked and somehow, you know, like like through a crazy chain of events and now they're here and you could explain every chain of these events to a certain person and they just might not believe or understand that it's even possible because they haven't experienced it. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of wild that like, you know, sometimes I feel like a knee jerk, like, oh man, I can't believe I have this part of me that struggles to grasp or believe something with if I don't experience it, if, mm-hmm. if I haven't experienced it, right? Because it's the same, that that thing is the same thing that other people who basically like become ignorant or bigoted, like that feeling is the same feeling and then it just gets taken in an, in a ugly direction. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting, you know? So it's like, yeah. it's it's like, it's hard. I don't know. It's kind of a hard thing to think about too, because it's like, you know, you don't ever really want to give somebody who's being bigoted and ignorant and hateful. You don't like instinctively want to give them some slack or anything. Mm-hmm. And I certainly don't, especially not because, like, you know, there's so many fucking terrible things and I've just seen so many people screaming terrible things, even just on the street corners. And like, you I've seen religious nuts, like, you know, calling just, 
talking to random people and being like, you're going to fucking burn in hell and like screaming yeah. at people on the side of the road. And, and I've seen racist people screaming terribly racist things, you know, it's like seen violent acts of hatred, like whether it's in person or on a video, like, so it's like, I'm never in a position where I'm like, damn, yeah, I, I want to provide some slack to this person and be yeah. like, oh, well, it makes sense that you are this way because you haven't experienced any of these things and you've only experienced these things with this type of person. And so then your whole view is painted poorly and whatever, um, right? It's like, I don't ever like want to give slack to that. Um, but on the same front, I don't know, like, how else do we move in a direction away from ignorance and bigotry yeah. if we can't recognize that there are, that there is, there is reasons that play into people's ignorance yeah. and there's things that play into people's bigotry and, like, all that jazz, right? It's like, I, I don't know how we go forward, right? Because it's like, we can't just be like, let's just murder everyone who has had a bad experience with this type of person and now they're hateful towards those types of people like do we you know, like right it's like uh, yeah. uh, what what is what is even the goal of humanity are we working towards healing do we want to work towards healing yeah. like right it's like when people get really tribal and like polarized and and to the point where you know if you look in the past 4 years people running over people at protests mm -hmm. people being like oh, well, those people should just die. We would be better off if those people just died. People saying that about old people a lot. Mm -hmm. I've even caught myself saying that about like the fact, I mean, the fact that we've got so many fucking old ass people in Congress. Yeah. And just and and running and, for president. And running for president. And so many people just like half-heartedly kind of like being like, <laughs> well, we just got to wait till all these old fucks die and we get some fresh actually yeah. younger people in into the those places you which know? is i'm sorry probably not going to happen if the precedent is just to have yeah. old people there yeah like really old people like yeah. there's a age <clears throat> a minimum age there's a minimum limit age. for positions presidency specifically yeah why is there not a maximum why is there not a maximum you know? why is there why is there not more rigorous mental health screenings yeah. like i know it's so funny like i I think I've mentioned this before, but there's like, um, I think Russell Brand has like made a joke about how like, how um, depictive it is of the state of a nation when all of the political figures from that nation are like decrepit and crumbling on yeah. screen and can't even complete a sentence. Totally. Like he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like how representative of the fucking actual state of this nation yeah. than this than, yeah. the, than this person who can barely form a sentence, who can barely get through anything, right? Who was uh, preceded by a bigoted and ignorant and loud and obnoxious person mm -hmm. who, whether or not you like the person that preceded the current guy, the voice that he spread gave fuel to certain groups of people. Whether or not that was his intention could be up for debate. But the fact that certain things were said, it gave fuel to a lot of people who already had hatred and pushed certain people to action. Yeah. So it's like, damn, that's where we just got done with. And then now like we've just every, like, you know, all these political figures is just like crumbling and decrepit right after some fucking racist screaming fuck. Like, 
yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, man. Like if you wanted to just look at like the world and, and the political figures and like if they represented the actual state of the country and like, mm-hmm. damn, what does that mean about our country right now? It's like, yep. Dude, a lot of our Shit. political figures are just holding on for dear life. Just by a threat. And not even trying to like, not in the way that they're trying to stay alive, but it's like a system that clearly is not working. Yeah. That is like, yeah. has all of these old decrepit mummies at the helm, just literally holding on to this, this system that's falling apart and trying to keep it together. Decrepit mummies who have had generational wealth. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously get a lot of unsavory funds through means that don't make sense at all. AKA your taxes. Yeah. Your taxes, not only your taxes, but, um, huge, uh, air quotes donations, uh, from nonprofits that uh, just go to essentially bribe. Yeah, everything. Yeah. I loved. I lo- I've like never questioned the the um what the, you know the authenticity of the name nonprofit organization. Right. I've just always been like, oh, okay, so that must mean that any excess money is going towards something good and it's not just going either into somebody's pockets or into a quote-unquote investment of some kind that then gets divvied out into certain people's right? pockets you know no like, no there's so much excess yeah, money like I was it's like, such oh, a loophole okay wait this company they started with a hundred thousand dollars and they ended the year with six hundred thousand yeah. dollars but they're still considered non-profit because it was given back to donors in the form of dividends and kickbacks and and like all sorts of shit. It's like, dude, wait, what? <laughs> okay, yeah. So it's not like even the oh same way God. that like churches, like mega churches and stuff, kind of get all of these crazy advantages and then just are stealing money from people who just want to, you know, feel they, good. They, yeah, they're just looking for a place yeah. to hopefully find some solace. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess churches are hand in hand with the government, like you know, kind of the same thing. Yeah, not all churches. Not all churches. But not all churches are made equal. I don't know. Like I was telling There's you, there's some like, good churches out there. Uh, this is not a church. Discussing hate group. a lot of. <laughs> no, not, we're not church haters. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I myself of, hate going to church. Yeah, I don't. I don't like going to church. I don't particularly. But enjoy I'm not a church it. hater. Um, if you go to church, that's church, you know? And I mean, there's all sorts of different churches too, and I haven't been to them all, so I can't say that I, I don't enjoy going mm-hmm. to any church, but... The one I did enjoy go to, going to was a um, Hindu yeah. Hare Krishna temple. That's cool. Yeah. That was, the, that was the one time that I was like, this is really cool. Because I got there, and there was people from a bunch of different religions were present, just literally, like, all around me. I was like, well, this is, this is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was a church that was based around a specific sect of Hinduism that was really about transcendentalism. Yeah. And it was really about like accepting everybody and, yeah. and all creeds and everything. Um, and we did group singing and group chanting and we had like a few like um, meditation moments and then they provided food for everybody who attended that night. That's so cool. There was this delicious curry with rice that they oh. just brought around and little cups of tea. Ooh. Homemade chai. Dude. Best fucking... I would, dude, 
I was like, I think I've been to like a Christian church, like maybe three times yeah. in my life. Maximum. Like for an actual church, you know? Yeah. Um, I was like, none of those times were anything like this. All those times were terrible. Yeah. Matter of fact, I started to feel like kind of fearful slash shameful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, totally. But at this temple, I was like, I feel so welcomed, so good. And they're feeding us like this delicious homemade food and everybody's just all smiles and it's good. And then like my other experiences at Christian churches were not like that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say exactly what they were, but they weren't like that. Dude, it's so weird because a lot of the more religious people that I know in, in my life, they have more fear and guilt and personal problems, like really mental battle problems than any non-religious person I've ever met. Like, I think too many people just take, take every tiny rule saying anything at church, in the Bible, in whatever, they just take it way, way too far. They take it too seriously. They misinterpret it. They draw their own conclusions and they end up like judging others nonstop. But also if they're willing to judge others, clearly they're willing to judge themselves. So they're judging themselves in their own heads and they're thinking that they're pieces of shit. And then they're projecting that onto other people. They're not spreading love. And of course, you're going to feel like garbage if that's the way that you're going about life, if that's the way that you see religion. Like, maybe take a step back and realize that religion is not about judging other people, has nothing to do with other people. That, like, shit, that shit has always baffled me because there's also the quote of like, only God can judge. Exactly. This is, I'm like... I'm like, how is that a fundamental statement that's been made? And like, excuse me if if that's an incorrect understanding of of Christian principle. If that's not a fundamental no, no, principle, no, no, no. As far as I knew, growing up in a Christian household with a lot of religious Christian people around in my uh, vicinity, growing up, yeah, that was a fundamental principle and yeah. something that like stuck with me from when I was a child in like church school, whatever. And it was like, so I'm yeah. over here. Like, how the fuck yeah. are these people in the corner? claiming to be Christians yeah. and screaming at random people walking by. Yeah. Like hold, like the dude that was downtown holding up a sign. The one who telling ran everybody, for like, fucking city. Yeah. Oh my and, God. and his sign would say, you're going to hell. Yeah. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, number one, you are inserting yourself to what? Play the role of, of God, the God yeah. that you believe in to judge others. Yeah. You think and you're God. I, I don't you're, know. You're the voice of God. Yeah. That was... Like, I don't get angry about a lot of things, but something that does anger me is people using religion as a reason to exercise their own dogma and their own beliefs that they've created their God into or their religion into, and then shove that onto others in a way where they're like, you're a piece of shit. I'm judging you. You're going to hell if you don't change. And it's like, how are you ever going to reach anybody on like a heart to heart level. If your way of trying to spread your religion and spread your God is saying, telling other people they're going to hell. It's like, you're not, you're not reaching anyone with that. And, and it's just really disgusted me. Cause it's like, I look at that and I, and I think about what I learned about Christianity growing up 
and how, you know, you love one another, you spread love, you look at everything with love. And if that's the case, and if you're not supposed to judge others, like, how do you possibly feel like it's your purpose on earth to go out and hold a sign telling people that they're going to hell? Like, how is that anything like what your religion is telling you to do? Like you could read through any religious text out there and I don't see how that is a productive use of your time where you're going to help even a single person out there. If anything, you are making people feel worse. You're spreading fear and I, I don't know. It just, it's, that's one thing that's always really frustrated me. It's like, don't, don't use religion as, as your own thing. You know, it's also, like build people up. Isn't a part of Christianity that all humans are sinners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, dude, like that shit just blows my mind. It's like, how are you going to, how, how? Yeah. How are you going to look at what we've got, which is like a, you know, an astounding yet measly 70 to 100 years, depending on your health and how lucky yeah. you may be. How are you going to fucking look at that, what we have, and then be like, it's my purpose to just go and make some people feel real ashamed of themselves. Yeah. And... Let them know that I personally think that they're going to go to hell, which is just some fucking made up concept. <laughs> it's right? like, dude, what is going on? And even being a made up concept, like on, if you think about the concept of hell yeah. and you think about the concept of heaven and you believe in hell to the extent of you believe exactly what it's said to be, you yeah. know, an awful place yeah. of eternal agony. Yeah. Why would you ever wish that on any human being ever? Yeah. Like, I don't think... And what does that make you if you're wishing that on somebody? Yeah. I have a hard time believing that there's a single human in history who deserves to go to hell. Mm. And maybe that's a bold statement, but... It's pretty bold. Uh, I there's believe... some bad eggs out there. I believe that just because <laughs> I don't think that those eggs started out bad. Like, yeah. yes, there are there are kids who are born and they're just serial killers from birth. They're like crazy and want to kill animals any chance that they get. And they end up killing their parents and stuff like that. Like, mm. like you might consider that like bad from the day they were born and maybe their soul deserves eternal, eternal damnation and agony. Like, but I personally believe that it's not necessarily their fault. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, yeah, well, it is, it is interesting too. When you, <clears throat> when you frame it, when you do state it, how it is truly stated, eternal suffering and agony. Yes. And it's funny. Cause I think like in the case of very heinous acts that if you compare eternity to the hundred years that a human might be alive and it's like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe there hasn't been a human who deserves eternal suffering, right? Like maybe, maybe just being like, okay, yeah, that person, maybe we should like, what? Imprison them forever or execute them. One of those two. But like, and then you can be like, okay, if they've caused X amount of suffering or they've done 
this amount of indecent acts or done these heinous things, then they aren't allowed a place on this plane anymore. And to make that statement is one thing, but then to wish for an eternity yes. of torture and agony upon somebody. Like, I don't think people really like think about the gravity of that statement. Yeah, it's a weighty statement. It's a very, it's a very weighted statement. Mm -hmm. that, that's like, you know, I've, and I, I say hell a lot. I'll be like, hell yeah. You know, I say hell a lot. Uh, I don't, I don't, I've never, I don't think I've told somebody to go to hell or like that I hope you go to hell. Or like, you know, I've made jokes about hell, like, oh, I'll save you a seat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's like, it's really interesting. I haven't thought about that very much before. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to wish that upon somebody is is very, you know, to then, to then reflect on that and be like, okay, well, what does that say about you if you're wishing that upon anybody yeah. at all, really? Yeah. Like, especially just all assortments of people that yeah. are driving past you on yeah, the street that yeah. are walking past you on yeah. the street like that like yeah a lot of those people like you don't know who the heck they are and True. and you're wishing that upon them yeah and and i guess in the way that i don't think anybody deserves it i mean that you don't decide yeah. how you're born you don't decide who your parents are you you don't decide what genetic deficiencies you're born with that yeah. make your brain into or, a, a born serial killer or into Hitler. Like you also, yeah. You also don't decide like what, what things will happen to you that will yeah, influence you in certain exactly. ways. Right? Your like, upbringing, your childhood, all that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, maybe there's some cases, right. Of people just like having experiences over and over again, that just pushes them to the point where they're like, yeah, fuck you all. I wish yeah. all of you would burn in hell, you know, like, and then, and then it's like, damn, like, I, uh, you know, how, how malleable and how fragile are we mm -hmm. as humans and in our humanity? Yeah. And what, you know, like, I don't think there's ever like, when you're dealing with these concepts, there's ever the, 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 the term acceptable is not really a point, but it's like, when do you start to consider what is this hateful behavior? But then also taking into consideration the things that we've discussed of like, how does somebody actually end up in that situation yeah. of being so hateful? And then even, even on the point of somebody wishing hell upon somebody yeah. and us being like, damn, that's pretty fucked actually. And then it's like, okay, well actually, how did that person yeah. end up on that street corner wishing hell upon the people passing Everybody by? Everybody has a story. I mean, yeah. e even like being like, okay, well don't judge homeless people because you haven't heard their story, but also don't judge the person who's judging homeless people yeah. because you they don't might know have had some terrible. You don't know their yeah. story either. You yeah, know? maybe their parents got killed by a homeless addict who. Yeah, uh, and or, and they're or maybe just they had turned a homeless person it. like poop on their doorstep a yeah. bunch of times or something. Totally. Like and and then they're just like they're just like you know what homeless homeless people are terrible. Yeah, there's I mean there's awful things that happen to everybody all yeah. the time and it shapes who we are and it happens as we're growing up. Yeah. It happens in our childhood. It happens when we're old, and I think ironically the statement of not judging people is for not being very religious. I think it is very accurate for a guideline. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think there's actually a lot of guidelines or a lot of there's very lot of simple guidelines. concepts in religion yeah. that it's like, yeah, that's great. And, <laughs> and I find that just normally coming to these conclusions, 
I'm aligned with a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. it feels yeah. it feels more like common sense to me than like, oh, I need to read this scripture to figure out how to be a good person and I need to follow that to the T, but then I'm going to take that one step further and I'm going to force that on other people and I'm going to... And I need to have an overwhelming sense of fear. Yeah, the so overwhelming that, sense of fear is a huge part so of religion. So that if I don't live up to being good enough that there's a serious fast consequence, a serious consequence. Yeah. And that is eternal suffering. I've got 80 years to be a good boy. Yeah. 80 years <laughs> to somehow avoid eternal suffering when you are actually never good enough. Because for, you're always a sinner. For the opposite. Because you're always a Because everybody's born imperfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. God, such a wild concept. Um, man. Yeah, so back wild. to the nervous system, dude. <laughs> the nervous system is regulated regulated by more than just, you know, this Wim Hof breathing. Like, it's, um, you can help yourself. Obviously, it's been shown that that you can control these different parts of your body yeah. with this Wim Hof breathing. But the nervous system is multifunctional in so many ways. And I feel like it, it should have been fairly obvious that this this breathing method isn't just like some hoaxy pokesy stuff. Yeah. It's like, because we don't, we don't just regulate by doing nothing. You know, you move your body, you converse with others, you have physical touch, you know, hugging people or, you know, being held by your mom when you're a baby. Yeah. Um, Breathing, all of these things. Getting the sun. Yeah. They regulate your nervous system. Yeah. And, if you aren't doing any of these things, your nervous system is not being regulated and you are like, it's literally shutting down. Um, and those things lead to a lot of severe depression and other not great things. And so when terrible things happen to you and you shut down, um, as we've experienced in our lives with our friend, it's like there, it's fairly obvious when somebody's nervous system is not regulated. Um, and they retreat into their domicile and they're not eating very much. They're not conversing with anyone. They have no human contact whatsoever. They're pushing everybody away. Yeah. And and then they take their own life because they're so shut down that, you know, the logical next course of action, especially when you add some alcohol, is just, just to follow how your body feels because it feels dead already because your nervous system is offline. Yep. Yeah. So Mm. turn that around and be like, okay, how can I be online all the time? How can I help others? How can I feel good about myself? How can I spread love and not judge people because I don't know their story? Well, you can exercise, you move your body, just move your body in your free time, you know, uh, whether it's walking or maybe doing some sit-ups while you're watching a show, dance. doing some yoga, dance. dance. Dancing is amazing. Turn Dude, on some fucking music for I like 20, I start sweating so minutes. quick when I start dancing. Yeah. It's, it's a good workout. Um, converse with somebody, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't, I know that not everybody has that opportunity to converse yeah. with somebody that they connect with on like an intellectual level, on a stimulating level where yeah. they can 
talk back and forth, uh, maybe in a similar way to you and I, where we can just have sort of endless, it feels like eternal conversations, yeah, an eternal, eternal damnation of conversations. Weaving. <laughs> yeah. Um, like where you can just keep going. Um, human contact, like go get a massage for yourself. Like, I don't know, maybe not a super expensive one, maybe find a cheap place or if you have the money, get an expensive massage. Like, yeah, it's not just treating yourself. It is, if you're not getting like a lot of human physical contact, um, on a regular basis, even if it's just like a hug a day from somebody that you care about, like go get a massage like yeah. that. The human contact will help regulate your nervous system, practice breathing, whether it's Wim Hof breathing techniques or just there like, are other breathing techniques yeah, that are just impactful like as well. Breathing in through your nose deeply yeah. over, you know, however many seconds and then really slowly breathing out through your mouth. Yeah. Just taking um, deep breaths. Is when impactful. you're breathing out, it's actually the regulating side of it. So the breathing in can be a little dysregulating, but then slowly breathing out is when you're regulating. And I can't, tell you that as like a hard fact that I've researched, but I heard that from my psychologist friend and I trust her word. Um, and it feels really good for me. And I do notice like even my heart when I'm breathing in, my heart's beating a little bit harder and faster. And then when I am slowly breathing out, it really calms down. Like it's yeah. just like a very steady beat. Yeah. I think, I mean, that aligns with for me, um, it aligns with ohms, yeah, which I find very impactful. Um, and that is essentially, you know, it is just that is like when you when you ohm, and especially if you continuously ohm for like five to ten to fifteen to twenty minutes, um, you'll find that when you first start, your first probably five to ten ohms. Um, they're going to be a, a little bit shorter. You're not going to be able to ohm as long. Like it will, at least for me, it takes me a little bit of a second to get into the um, the more calm and lengthy rhythm. And after about five to ten ohms, it starts to happen, and the ohms get much longer than I was able to sustain yeah. at first. And then the longer you go like that, and you keep on having those very comfortably long drawn out ohms back to back to back over and over um that's when like the very interesting effects start to happen mm -hmm. so it does it aligns with that for me I, it's a, yeah yeah because an ohm is just really exhale a way of very slowly exhaling yeah. over a longer and longer and longer period which is really cool it's fucking sweet. humans are just so cool in general i mean we're one of the only things on this planet that when we consistently do something, we just progressively get better and better and better and better at it. Like humans can run forever yeah. if they are practiced enough. Yeah. There are people that can literally run for three days straight without stopping. That doesn't sound healthy. No, it's probably <laughs> not all that healthy, but they can do it, but they can do it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah it's i don't know yeah. just keep keep practicing you yeah. know just doing keep, stuff just keep swimming as yeah, uh, just keep dory swimming. dory from finding nemo once said the entertainment industry 
is another thing that <laughs> I was like stuck on. Cause like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. You went like <laughs> yeah. from like topic to topic to topic to topic. And I was just so interested that like, I was kind of like letting all of my thoughts just like completely fall by the wayside. And I'm like, whatever, if I, if I think of something later on, like just throw it in there. Like, I don't care. Like, but yeah, yeah the entertainment industry, man, like we're so reliant on, on just the entertainment because it's like, like we've been saying, you don't know somebody's story. So you like, you are quick to judge and quick to write someone off and put them in a box but if you were to see their whole life before you in a, in a stream over three seconds, you just like, bam, it's in your head. Like not only would you feel really close to that person, but you'd weep for them. You'd feel for them. You'd probably love them in some way. Like it's, it's just the fact that we haven't experienced it, you know, but then you watch movies and stuff and you see all these riveting stories in the entertainment industry where it's either fictional or non-fictional. doesn't matter. Um, but you are experiencing it through watching it and it generates all of these feelings and ideas and, and it can completely change your mind about something. And and just how you're saying like how malleable and fragile humans are. It's like, we are damn malleable. Like there are stubborn people out there who want to stay exactly who they are all the time. And I do find that a lot of them will never watch anything that's not stuff that they've already like watched in that same genre, in that same field. Like, like they refuse to let their minds be changed. And when you just stay with the same things all the time, you will stay the same person. But if you're like, Oh, I'm going to try a different genre today. I'm going to try a different movie. I'm going to try watching this documentary on, uh, our terrible, coffee industry and how it impacts people around the world and how coffee farmers make little to no money while Starbucks rakes in billions of dollars and pays them no money for their coffee. And this documentary completely changed my mind on how I view coffee and how I will never drink coffee from Starbucks again. And I'm Mm. going to only buy fair trade coffee beans from the store Mm. because these coffee farmers are struggling and it's ruining the environment because of the shortcuts that they have to take. It's like ruining families. Mm -hmm. And literally if five cents of every coffee cup just went to them instead, they would be totally fine. You know, I feel like we'd probably just like, just find a coffee farmer. Yeah. Just like, cause I bet, I bet, that some of these coffee farmers have their own product. They actually, how it works is a lot of them are brokered. Um, So you go through a a broker who finds the farmers and brokers, these deals. Um, The broker takes a cut and the big Starbucks like places um, pay them. Like they offer a certain amount per pound Mm. of coffee and so they're kind of setting the standard. Mm. Um, but Starbucks isn't buying fair trade coffee. Mm. They're buying like slave labor coffee, essentially. Mm. Um, and it's difficult because they're even like coffee farmers that are contracted out where they can't sell to anybody else. Mm. Um, or, you know, if they're charging too much for their coffee per pound, they're not selling enough. 
um, because there's other coffee farms that are paying that will sell theirs for less. And then they're not, they don't have enough business and they can't sell their coffee and they can't even buy a stove and they're, you know, having to sell off acres of their land because they can't afford to keep growing the coffee on that land. I feel like at the root of every single popular commodity is some form of like mafia type control yeah, over no, the product. It really is. Like they, like, they will loan them money. Yeah. To I've heard people say things about like the olive oil mafia. And yeah. Like, and like we like just like stuff like where it's like at the mass, massive production level, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of weird, yeah. sketchy exploitation yeah. and abusive type of environments. And it makes sense though, because you look at, um, you look at like the war on drugs, like there is so much money in illegal drugs that people are willing to fight over it. You know, there are yeah. people willing to be in gangs over it and hustle over it and shoot people over it and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well what if like all these drugs were legal? Like maybe, there wouldn't be all of this violence and terrible stuff surrounding it. Like, obviously you'd still have problems with it at the really high up levels at the levels of like thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds worth of this stuff being controlled and transported and sold. Yep. Like, yes, at the higher up levels, just like you're saying, like with Starbucks, like I'm sure there's like probably people who've been killed over Starbucks, you know, on like a money level Maybe. on like a, on like a farming beans level. You're getting into murky waters. Jose. Yeah. We're getting into some crazy areas. And, some that, murky and waters, that wasn't dude. even the point. The point was that the <laughs> entertainment industry can drastically alter your mind on a regular basis. And True. that can be good. And that can be really bad. Yeah. Um, but just to keep in mind that when you're being, you know, when you're in a situation and you're starting to judge someone, or even when you're starting to judge yourself, Remember your story. Yeah. Remember that they have a story. Nice. And remember that in your story, you've been through a lot of shit. Like, and if you haven't been through a lot of shit, like I'm honestly really happy for you. Like, I hope that you can love yourself because of that. And you can love the people around you because of that. And that you can spread that love to other people and help other people not have to go through a lot of shit. Yeah. which is a great place to wrap up. It's a great place. Not because you have to go to work. No. That has nothing to do with it. No. It's just a great place. Yeah. And a privilege. What a privilege. Thank you all for joining us. If you've made it this far, big love. Peace. Peace. <laughs>